Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. We have made it to March. You know what they say about March? Um, I don't know. You guys tell me what they say about March. It's the month of St. Patrick's Day. It's the month of daylight savings. It's the month of my stepdad's birthday. What did they, March Madness? You know, I have to say, March Madness is the one thing. Like, I mean, I'm not like a huge sports gal, in case you're wondering. March Madness is the one thing I, I, I'm i obsessed with. Like, I love a March Madness. I love, you know, picking your brackets and then like getting into the games. I do think having sons, well, specifically one son who's like sports addicted, he plays, he watches all of those things. He knows all the players. Like he's one of those kinds of kids. I think I became more of a sports girl. And like I became more of a music person because of my other son. So it just works. It works out. It works out. Um, also, I guess Easter will be on the 31st of this month. Look at that. Passover is definitely late this year. I know that because our spring break is so late. It's end of April. Thank you for all your new subscribes or all the new people that have subscribed. We have officially, as of this morning, we're almost, we're so damn close to 14,400. We have 14,397 subscribers. Tell your friends, get me to 15,000 by Easter. Okay. This is my Lent. 15,000. Make sure to um, share this in your stories. Like, tell a friend. This is how these shows grow, is like word of mouth, right? I was looking at the podcast charts, and there's so many incredible podcasts out there. But there's always a lid for every pot, right? Everyone finds that one podcast or two podcasts that you love. And I saw a review today on the podcast app which I screenshot because it made me so happy. It says, Donna is the real deal. This was um, from Kay Suhoff. Hi, Kay Suhoff. I've been listening to Donna for almost a year now, and she's in my top three podcasts I listen to. She's real. She's on it. She shows up. She stands up for what she believes in and always looks cute doing so. You guys, I only had to pay her $100 for this review. I mean, what a, what a steal, right? She goes, I like her happy vibes and I like when she breaks into song or impression. She makes me laugh and can really tell a great story. Yeah, Donna. Okay, I swear to God, you guys, that's not my mom. Although, is she available? Can she be my mom? Can she be my mom? Because, oh my God, it, it was Kelly. It's a person. Thank you so much, my dear, my Kelly, you guys. I love you. I had so much fun yesterday um, transforming into Anna Marie, not Anna Marie. I see Anna Marie commenting. Can you imagine? I transformed into Anna Marie from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, I transformed into Adriana with my red Frida Kahlo. I, I broke out into poem. You know, a lot of you guys asked me, wow, Donna, you're really like a poet. Wow, you really came up with that. 
you guys, I'm going to give you a secret. Okay. Come here. Come closer. Come closer. You guys ready? My ads chat GPT. Not that good. Chat GPT. So listen, we all do our best in life to be creative. And I have said this before. I can speak until the cows come home. I don't even have cows, but I can speak until they come home and I can't write. I'm just not a writer. So I try my best. Okay. Let's keep moving on before I get into the show, because I want to uh, get into all our stories. Stories sound like a telenovela, right? We got a stories. I love Ben from Watch Watch What Crappens, Ben Mandelkar. He uh, posted about all the lawsuits against Bravo and Andy. And he's like, why are these fired housewives trying to ruin my stories? And that's how I feel. Okay. We really just need a little bit of uh, enjoyment in life. As you can see, things are depressing. Things are dark. Things are sad out there. If we don't have our Bravo, like what do we have? Family schmamily. Say schmamily three times. Family schmamily. Okay. (laughs) This show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. We are one week from daylight savings. I read on the Daily Dose of Donna Facebook page. By the way, join there if you want to be part of the fun. On the Facebook page, someone said that this is going to be the last time, yesterday was the last time that the sun will set before 6 p.m. until October. It's just days are getting a little bit longer, makes me happier and happier. But even though we have extra hours in a day, we still have just the same amount of work. You know, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, like we all just have 24 hours. It's all about who you hire to help you. And the only people I hire are fake bots to write nice reviews on podcasts. Oh, and all my Reddit accounts. Don't forget those. Don't forget those. I hire them all. And I use ZipRecruiter. And you can try it for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. That's right. www.ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Okay. No one has time to wait. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A, of course. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Love working with you, Zippy. Zip, 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 zip. Okay, Robin says, don't spoil Traders today. Going to watch later. Traders is coming on. I will talk about Traders, but I will talk about it at the end of the show. So stay in here, and I will give you a heads up if you're watching live. And of course, I'll put timestamps on later. So you don't have to stress. I will not talk about Traders until the end, but I will talk about Traders because I can't wait until Monday. By Monday, it's old news. And that's this is the point of a daily show is like we talk about... We're on the moment. We're in the moment. Okay. And like just yesterday, while I was doing my show, um, Brittany and Jax announced their separation. Breaking news in the middle of the show. Let's talk about that Brittany and Jax, right? Okay. Lots of new developments. Number one, yesterday, Jax was photographed, filmed, um, surprise. So just to give you guys a heads up, Brittany had announced it on her, the end of her podcast. She did her jacks and her podcast when reality hits, I think it's called, but she did it alone with one of her co-stars from the Valley. Who is that from the Valley? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't care. Does that mean? <laughs> I think her name is Melissa. 
So they did an episode. I didn't listen to it, but I did hear the last couple minutes where Brittany read a statement. It was very clear she was reading a statement. It was a very well thought out statement. She even flubbed a couple words. So it was definitely that she was reading. It's fine. No problem. But she said, you know, I do have to talk about things that people are talking about. We have been so open and honest and shared our share our have shared our lives for so many years. It would only make sense that we continue to share that. I wish Kyle Richards got some media training from Brittany about sharing everything. Um, so she says that she and Jax are going through a challenging time in their marriage. And at this point, she has decided to move out. She doesn't say that I, I rented a new apartment. I bought a new house. None of that. I guarantee you if she moved out, she's staying at a friend's house. Okay. She's probably staying at like her best, her, that gay best friend of hers or something. That being said, um, she has said, you know, we're working on it, this and this and that. A lot of people immediately were like publicity stunt. March 19th is when the Valley comes out. Clearly the show's not getting very good feedback. I posted a TikTok that has gotten a lot of, um, you know, agreeing comments that the trailer even made the show look worse. Like we were hoping it was going to be good, but then watching the trailer, you're thinking, do I have to watch this? The trailer was 46 minutes long and it was, it was a hard watch. It's possible that this is drumming up publicity, but we've heard now for weeks about things going off. We remember Jax Taylor, you know, taking a picture with his publicist that felt really strange, very intimate. Also strange that it's your publicist, Lori Kay. Then we also remember one of my girls, Yvonne, who posted in my Facebook group yesterday, because I mentioned her her account of seeing them, she posted in my Facebook yesterday with the with the whole story and the photos. But she basically talked about the story I said yesterday that there was like clearly some tension in their marriage. She was they were at Jax's Jax's in Studio City one night, the Vanderpump Rules premiere. They were all drinking. Brittany got very upset. She cried. She stormed out. Jax was, you know, visibly upset. Like it was very embarrassing. Is it possible that these two are dropping these hints and these seeds very strategically for the Valley? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them at all. I really wouldn't. However, I just cannot wrap my head around doing any of this when you're married with a child. That's why I never even thought Kyla Mauricio's separation was fake. I believed that the separation was real from the beginning because to actually go as far as to say separation or to say it out loud that, yes, I've moved out. Because by the way, no one specifically asked. She could have easily not said on her own podcast that I moved out of the house. It's not like anyone saw. It's not like anyone said, oh my gosh, I saw Brittany moving out with all her boxes. However, a little bit of weird stuff has kind of popped up because yesterday, Jax went to um, the gym, I guess, and he was, wow, shockingly filmed in the, um, you know, parking lot. It's so surprising that there's paparazzi there. And I think it was like the same paparazzi dude that talked to Sandoval during that whole time. I, I don't I actually don't, but it was probably like a TMZ dude. And he was, um, you know, asked about the relationship. And Jack, strangely, immediately was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, she's already back in the house. We're not headed for divorce. She's already back in the house. She already moved back in. However, so that's that story. And that was yesterday. But yesterday, also on Thursday, 
there is a video, or I'm sorry, not a video, pictures, according to Daily Mail, that she is, um, I'm trying to see if I can share this with you, that she is a moving her, I guess she's moving her stuff back into the house. And it looks to me like she is, um, she's looking tired. You can say that, right? Is that rude? Is that rude to say? She's looking a little bit tired. Worse for the wear, right? But she's moving her stuff back in the house. Um, I'm sorry, moving her stuff out of the house, apparently, according to these photos. But I guess it could be either way. She could be moving her stuff back in. No, it looks like she's putting stuff in the car. It says, Jax insists that he and Brittany are back to living under one roof and that their separation is more of a relationship reassessment rather than a finite split. She says, we're living in our home right now. She was in a house for a while, but yeah, she's back now. But this is her putting stuff in her car, looking very unhappy. Um, okay, let's think about this really fast. Uh, I got a DM last night, which is the most important part of the story, that was from someone who I will not name, obviously, someone I know personally. So I can't say it was just some random DM. This is not like some, you know. Monica Garcia, Real Housewives of Salt Lake Lake City shit. This is like a real deal person that I know sent me a DM saying, and I posted it on the Facebook group, of course, saying, um, oh gosh, Instagram is loud. Um, One of the assistants that I work with was at a bar a few days ago and saw Jax make out with a girl and it wasn't Brittany. Do we believe that that is true? Do we believe that that is possible? Um, I'm going to say this. Yes, I believe it's possible. But I also just can't imagine him being that stupid. I just can't. Like, I don't know personally if he he's he's an idiot. But is he that much of an idiot that he's making out with a girl in a bar? days before the separation rumor even comes out. Interesting. Um, Melissa says, I just got an alert from page six that it was confirmed that Brittany moved to a rental, meaning she's currently in the rental. Moon says, how did she rent a $15,000 a month home and now she's back home? I mean, I don't know. Why would you go out there and say, I am moving out because things are tough if you were really, truly planning on just coming right back home. There's no way. Jax is like trying to play a game, okay? I think Jax is a big spinner. Remember, if you watched early Vanderpump Rules, you know this about Jax, right? Jax was like the king of spinning the story. Like when he was cheating on Stassi, that whole time. Remember how much he was like trying to like kind of cover for himself? So I believe that he's probably just being like, everything's fine, everything's fine. Now, Cruz, their son, their sweet little boy, this isn't good. This is just never good. So I hope for him, for their sake, that they work it out. But I don't know. There's something about him opening a bar. What what does it say about you when you are not in the hospitality arena and then you decide to open a bar and you're a married father of two, but this is not like your world? This is not what you've done. This is not what you, you know. 
Interesting other question. Billy says, why would she leave the family home? Cruz needs his normal surroundings. Yeah, this is interesting too. In most cases, you you feel like, you know, whoever is kind of, well, unless she wants the separation and she maybe said to him, like, Jax, rotten hell, rotten hell. Me and my beer cheese are going to live here together. And so she probably said, I want you to move. I want you to leave. And he was like, I'm not effing leaving. We have this house because of me. I paid for this house. This is me. This is this is Scott Jax's. I marked this territory. You want out, you leave. That's a possibility. I don't know. Rotten hail. We'll see what happens to Jax and Brittany. Does it make you want to watch The Valley? Doesn't make me want to watch The Valley because I feel like The Valley is not about Jax and Brittany as much as it's about all these other side players, right? She moved for her mental health. Listen, anyone that's in a long-term marriage knows how important alone time is. And I would also, if I had an unlimited amount of money, I wouldn't mind having a little side apartment just for some peace and quiet from the kids, from Lance, where I could just like lay on a couch, drink some Sav Blanc and watch copious amounts of reality TV. Like what? What would you do? You know how they always say like men have like a love den, like a second apartment in the city for other mistresses. I want a second apartment a block away from my house so I can still come home and get snacks when needed and like feed the dogs and like make sure my kids are alive. And then like maybe Lance and I go over there and just like watch TV for days. Doesn't that sound so fun? Those of you with kids, doesn't that sound like heaven? Just to have like a side apartment, maybe like a block away from home, but they don't know where you are. You can just like watch TV. Okay. I'm going to worry. I'm going to I'm going to check my bank account and see if that's possible. If you're a real estate agent in Los Angeles. Hit me up. I'm going to call MJ. I'm going to call MJ. Oh, I can't wait to talk about MJ and and the traders in just a moment. Don't worry. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Um Teddy Mellencamp. Teddy Mellencamp spoke about the Real Housewives reunion today. Um it's always tough to listen to that show and Teddy talk about Real Housewives because we obviously know where she stands. She hates Sutton. She loves Kyle. And so it's going to be very tricky to hear an unbiased perspective from her, even though she's not on the show. So I don't personally listen to her recaps of Beverly Hills, but whenever there's a clip that is a clip that is taken from it, and you know, my my friend Bywig Hello Drama um, goes on to post clips all the time. So they posted, I wish I knew if Biwig Hello Drama was a he or she. I'm going to ask. I mean, is that okay to ask in 2024? Can you ask someone, are you a he or she? Or is that offensive? Like, I don't know. I probably am offending someone. I mean, just sitting here not saying a word, I've definitely offended someone, right? Um. So she, um, she, he, <laughs> Bywig has posted a clip of Teddy talking about Dorit. And she basically says in this clip, you have a person who has now isolated themselves from the, the entire cast. And think about that, you guys. She's in, like Dorit used to be part of the Fox Force 5. But slowly, one by one, it's like the traitors banished, banished, right? We've lost them. We lost Teddy. We lost Rinna. Erica kind of went off on her own. Now we have Kyle and Jerry, and they're at odds. 
who's Dorit's friend? Kyle kind of has Erica, but that's pretty much it, which is also weird. Obviously, Seton, Garcelle, and Crystal are like a good little scissor sisters threesome over there. And then, um, and then, uh, what's it called? Uh, Dorit. I mean, she did have a little bit of a thing with Anna Marie in the reunion where Anna Marie was like, Dorita's been there for me. But I just can't imagine Anna Marie comes back next season. I mean, they could throw us. They could throw us and bring her back. But I just can't imagine. So anyway, who is Dorit going to rely on if she comes back? Do you guys think that Dorit will come back next season? That's what I want to know. Dorit is a... She's a tough one. I don't want her to leave, though. I don't feel ready for Dorit to leave the show. I don't know why. Is that weird of me? I just don't feel ready. I feel like she brings, like, such, like, joy because of her idiocracy. Does that make sense? I, I'm not saying I want to be friends with Dorit. You guys have to remember that. But I definitely think I want to be... I just want to watch her and that hair. I just want to make sure it's still like around. Like I just need to have her in eye, like arm's length, you know, at all times. I did see something earlier that PK was spotted without a wedding ring. Oh my God. By the way, have you guys ever left your house without a wedding ring and you're happily married? It's like not that crazy, right? Is it that crazy? I'm always so surprised when there's huge articles <gasps> spotted without their wedding ring. I don't know. It's feeling a little thirsty. Someone also did say that, you know, Dorit just doesn't have a storyline. She really doesn't. She's Her storyline is the PTSD. Oh, Camille. That's what happened. Camille Grammer posted on someone's account, some sort of Bravo account saying, Dorit is, you know, I've gone through a horrible divorce on TV, a fire that basically took down my home, um, cancer diagnosis, et cetera, et cetera. And I have less PTSD than Dorit, who's like talking about this for two years. Do you think Camille's coming in? You think Camille is coming in for the, for the, you know, the diamond? What do Beverly Hills carry? A diamond, right? Beverly Hills were a diamond. Um, hmm. Interesting. Now, you guys know I'm Team Morgan Wade as of yesterday. Listen, I have nothing against Morgan Wade. I know we like to, you know, shoot the shit and have fun and talk about it, but I actually like Morgan Wade's music. A lot of you guys have gotten me into it. I don't listen to it regularly, but I actually don't mind it. And she posted a, like a very acoustic little moment of her singing her new song. And I thought it was so beautiful. And I shared it to my stories. And then she DM'd me and we were DMing back and forth. And you guys, I think, I think it's, I think I'm getting a tattoo. I think that um, I am going to start working out every day. Well, I already do that. Um, and I think I'm going to get a tattoo. And I think that Lance has to be worried because I could be the next person that says, you know, she stalked me. Maybe I'm stalking Am uh, Morgan now. What if I am? I wonder if Morgan sent me a DM that looked similar to the first DM she sent Kyle which was thank you with that emoji. Is this a high five or a pray? The emoji. If I were to go lesbian, I don't know if Morgan Weed's the one, but if she sings, like any person that can sing with a guitar, oof, 
Hi, Kyle. Okay, so meanwhile, Kyle and Mauricio have reunited to celebrate daughter Portia's 16th birthday. Shockingly, they remember that she's still alive. Um, they went out in Beverly Hills. This is this makes news that mom and dad were seen together at a restaurant. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Good conversation. Um, Dorit was talked about a lot on Jeff Lewis Live yesterday because Dorit was Crystal Minkoff was a guest on Jeff Lewis Live. And Dorit was apparently two hours late for the reunion taping, meaning everyone was there early and they were waiting for two hours in their dressing rooms for Dorit to come on set. We saw even that she was last on set. Then Crystal just like muttered under her breath a few times, like, what a bitch, bitch, this, that. Like, it's it's really interesting. I don't think Dorit is popular in that circle at all. At all. If you, I asked this once on my, um, on the Facebook group, like if you could go on vacation with any of those ladies from Beverly Hills, who would you choose? I think I would choose Sutton. I think we would just laugh our asses off. I don't know. I'm into, I'm, I like Sutton. Sutton just makes me happy. Um, but I don't live with her. Like I'm not her good friend. I think once you live with someone or like know them really well, you, you learn a lot more. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's talk about this is this is the order of events, y'all. If you've not seen any of these episodes, this is the order of events. I'm starting on Real Housewives of Miami. I'm going to go into Summer House, and then I'm going to finalize or end on Traders. Okay, so let's talk about Miami. So we had episode two of the reunion. I did not like this back-to-back airing of it. I don't know about you guys. I find this incredibly challenging to watch. I think they've done Miami so dirty. To put Miami right after Crystal, right after Beverly Hills, feels really an overload of Housewives, an overload of two huge casts, two big shows. Why are we putting two Housewives back to back? We have enough days in the week. Like here would be a perfect lineup with all the shows that are on right now. Okay. Sunday, Potomac, because, you know, Sleepy Sundays. It's like you're in and you're out. You're tired. Maybe you're hungover. Maybe you're uh, anxious, whatever. Potomac. Monday, Miami. Okay. We got below deck on Monday. I'm sorry. That can be back to back with Miami. Tuesday, we have Vanderpump. Wednesday, Beverly Hills. Thursday, Summer House. We're happy. Like, what else do you need in life? And then Friday should just be re airing of like Bethany Gets Married or Gallery Girls or um, like the first Bravo show I ever watched, Circa probably 1990 something. And that was called showbiz moms and dads. Like that's what I want to watch. If you guys remember showbiz moms and dads, let me know. It was one of the first Bravo docuseries and it's it centered. It was a little after the nineties actually it was early two thousands. And it's centered around all these showbiz moms and dads in Los Angeles and uh, Texas and New York. And I knew a lot of the kids because I was auditioning some of the kids here in LA and I'll never forget the Nutter family. Google it. The Nutter family, Duncan Nutter. He was the uh, he was the OG nutball. Rachel Zoe, Mexican dynasties, Shaws of Sunset. Like there is a pla- we everyone come over to my new apartment that I just rented a block away from my house. Okay, everyone come over. You're all allowed. All dosers are allowed. We're gonna everyone bring drink of your choice. Okay, some of you can bring bring wine. Some of you can bring um you know uh. Luann's Frosé or fake Rosé, Fosé. 
I forget what she calls it. Um, you know, some people can bring lover boys. We can get some, you know, everyone has a tequila, like every single housewives. Okay. So everyone brings a drink. All right. And then we're going to do marathons all weekend long of, oh my gosh, flipping out Tabitha Salon Takeover, Ladies of London, Sheer Genius. What was the one with Jonathan? Ant blowout. Was Blowout not the best show? Mark wants to know if there's going to be room on the couch with Donna and Morgan. And the question is, yes, because we'll be so close together that there will be so much room on each side. But like I call, I call dips. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so anyway, Miami aired its second part reunion. I was not ready for it. I didn't feel in the space for it. I was confused why we were watching it so fast, but I think we can all just, all 300 of us that are here right now can agree on one thing and one thing only. Are we ready? Laura says the worst. I think I want to know one person out there that's like, come on, she's amazing. Now, amazing TV maybe, but I want to know one person that thinks Larsa Pippen is like a good person through and through. I've already talked about the fact that I don't like that Marcus, her boyfriend, is like the last housewife because they're filming him and his reactions every time Larsa speaks. Like Jody's there and they only film Jody, that's Lisa's boyfriend. They only film Jody like one time. But Marcus has like a mic and he's getting all of his, you know, um, his like words in. I'm not fanning on Mar Marcus at all right now. He's going after our girls. And like, I'm sorry. No, if your dad wasn't Mark, uh, Michael Jordan, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, we are seeing the the continuation of, you know, the most problematic, annoying housewives, Larsa is up there. Alexia is definitely up there. And for me, it's going to be Lisa too. Obviously, Lisa continues to talk about her marriage and her divorce. She said, it's even gotten worse. Andy goes, how is that possible? It's even gotten worse. Uh, lots of issues. Apparently, he's still building her this house. She's living in a $32,000 a month condo. That is psycho. I'm sorry. That is, that's almost like a kid's tuition for school. Like that is cuckoo. Um, so then she has a, you know, she has a little bit of a meltdown, Lisa, in one of these scenes because they, they go through all of like her falling apart during the show. And Gertie went after her because Gertie was like, it's not life or death. I'm dealing with life or death. I'm the reason that, you know, whatever. But Lisa gets into this place. I don't know if you guys knows, have noticed this about Lisa. Like she has a version of her that's just, she has new teeth. Anyone else notice that? New teeth. She went to, she went to Mauricio's person. So she has this part of her that's like very together. And then someone kind of calls her out on her shit and she gets into a screech. Like she gets taken over by someone. Someone comes into her body and takes her over. And it's like a screech. Like, I, I don't want to hurt your ears, but it's like, what I have. Like, it's like the most insane yelling, screaming, uh, screaming, right? And 
she, I get it. She's very upset about her kids. She's concerned about her kids. And you know what? If I was going through a situation like her and my kids were on the line in any way, trust me, not without my daughter. Like I am a mom through and through. Nothing else matters. But I feel like that's like a way of almost justifying her insanity about this because it really has been about finances, I think, more than ever or more than anything. Um, I guess Lenny's building this house and putting it in her kid's name. Like that is a positive thing, by the way. Um, let me think what else Lisa did. I don't know. Lisa, Lisa had a tough season. We were not on Lisa's team this season, right? I think we can all collectively agree on that. Now she had a moment with Julia that was actually to me such a redeeming like moment for both of them, but Julia specifically, it made me really, really like Julia. So we've heard this tragic, awful story that Julia had a baby, Max, who died when he was very, very young, I think under one year old, by, by shaken baby syndrome from the nanny. Horrible, horrible story. So I guess during this mamacita brunch, Julia questions uh, Lisa. Why did you go to that party when you knew police were in your home? I would have never left my kids, which it does sound a little judgy, but Julia promises that's not what I was trying to do. I was literally just asking how you could do it. I still think it's a little judgy. I still think it's a little judgy, but whatever. And Lisa says that she was really offended. And in that moment, she said, you're, you have three baby daddies. Julia hadn't heard the comment at the time. But when she found out the comment, when she saw the live show or heard about it or whatever, she said she was so emotional because her dad had just sent her a bunch of old baby pictures of her daughter. And in the picture was a picture of Max. And I got so emotional seeing her just fall apart. She wasn't like expecting to see a picture of her baby boy who had passed. And Lisa just like stopped talking and hugged her. And that's the best version of anyone when they can put themselves and their own pride and their own shit aside and just say, I'm sorry. So I like that moment. That was a sweet moment, I have to say. Secondly, um, okay, let's move on a little bit. There was a whole drama, of course, with Alexia talking about her finances, talking about no, was that yesterday with the lease? Yes. I mean, I can't I'd see. That's the thing. I can't even like keep each episode straight. She was so upset about the mama to lunch. She thought, how could you bring Anna? Quinsonces? Quinones? Quinsonias? Quinsonces? What's her name? She was so upset about her. That whole thing confused me to no end. With all the things that housewives have said, with all the things that housewives have done, I can't imagine why Alexia and Marisol were so upset that they decided to leave. And even Andy said, you guys have no issue, you know, going head to head against someone. Why did you run? And I guess it was because Marisol was very upset by it. Um, Adriana was trying to explain. <laughs> this was great. Marisol says in this moment, she says, Mother's Day is very important to me. I have a very strong connection to Mother's Day. And as she's talking, Adriana, Frida in the corner keeps saying like, it wasn't the real day. It wasn't the real day. No, it wasn't actually Mother's Day, but it wasn't the real day, but it wasn't the real day. And honestly, it reminded me so much of my eight-year-old son who loves to repeat himself. And I'm like, I hear you. We're in the same room. I'm looking at you. I said, okay, like, why are you saying it over and over again? 
And Andy treated our Adriana like he would treat his own son, right? He turned to her, her and said like, we heard you the first eight times you said it. And she goes, okay. I, I laughed so hard. Um, uh, let me think what else. So there was some drama there. Adriana apologized. She apologized to Nicole for taking the heat. And Nicole, look, you guys, I like Nicole. I really do. I, I just don't see how Nicole can be in any way like vilified. I don't know why they don't like her so much. They, I loved her whole comment that she said basically um, about Alexia. She's like, smack one out, girl. Like, go into your room and smack one out because you got a boner for me. I was like, whoa, Nicole, you're a, you're a doctor. You're a doctor. Now, the women, Angie brings up a good point. She goes, I'm over Miami. The yelling is horrible on every episode. Okay, this is interesting because the reunions always tend to like up on the yelling factor, except Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills, I feel like doesn't have that kind of relationship. New York always did. Um, at least like original OG New York always did. Obviously, um, Miami does. I think Potomac has, Atlanta has, OC definitely has. The yelling is so annoying and it's really, really hard to watch. And that's with editing. So you can only imagine like what it actually is in there because they have to like find and kind of isolate certain people's voices so that we hear them talking while the other people are talking. Anyway, it's annoying. I agree. And it does get my blood pressure up. Reunions and especially shows like Miami are the shows that I cannot watch with Lance in the room. If Lance is in the room, he literally has a visceral reaction to hearing anything like that. It's kind of like how I feel when he watches soccer games, when it's these like, go, like it annoys me. Right. So that kind of TV is, is hard. And I agree. I so agree. Okay. <laughs> They're like a group of pterodactyls. I'm sure they'd appreciate that. Anyway, we're going to get see um, episode three next week. Oh, Larsa and Gar Gar um, Gertie. We saw the whole package about Gertie and her breast cancer, which brings me to tears. Gertie and Russell for president. Seriously, is Russell not just the most amazing person? I'm telling you, if we find something out dateline wise about Russell, like he has like some secret, you know, drawer in his office, I will be. I will not have faith in the world. Russell seems like such a good person, such a good husband, such a, I was going to say wife, such a good husband, such a good father, so supportive. Watching Gertie's, um, you know, struggle really, she's a strong ass woman, that one. I will tell you, she's a strong woman. And she is, you know, I think this experience toughened her even more though. Do you guys feel that? Um, and I can, I can see why I can see why, because you kind of have to cut the bullshit. Like you kind of have to cut the bullshit and just be, um, like you see things in a different perspective when you go through life or death or like really challenging situations. There is a, mo oh, I have to be very careful here about Gertie. There is a part of her that makes me feel like. It may, like, I just want to make sure she's not going too much to the other side because I really, really like her and I think she's been wonderful. And I have always seen her as like a tough cookie, like in terms of her personality, she's definitely not someone that gets walked all over. She knows exactly what's up. She knows how to argue for herself. She knows exactly how to say the right things. But like, I love how Kiki does it because Kiki has humor 
in her approach. There's certain people that like are able to, I just don't want Gertie to get too angry. Does that make sense? Now, I really like Gertie at this point. So don't take this for the wrong way. I just hope that it doesn't get worse because she started to get real nasty about Larsa, understandably. Remember, Larsa's the one who was like, I promise I won't tell anyone about you having breast cancer. Oh my God, did you hear she had breast cancer? Like it wasn't even four seconds later and then she told absolute strangers, would you die? I can't, I can't with that. Okay, by the way, you guys, let me tell you a secret. Just kidding. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to Summer House because Miami has one more episode next week and, you know, okay. All right, you guys ready? Summer House is the show to be watching. Now, it may go downhill at some point. I have not seen any other episodes than you guys, only episodes one and two. I've always loved Summer House and there's been better and worse seasons. But for the most part, Summer House is a show that consistently gives. It's centered around exactly what makes TV well or good on Bravo, right? It's centered around parties, fun, um, like a pool house, a house with a pool, nice weather, Alcohol, and I hate to say it, but it does make shows much more entertaining than, you know, a group of sober people. Let's be 100% honest on this. Um, Relationships, marriages, best friend issues. I mean, it has all of the makings for a perfect show. Summer House is amazing. They have also, so far, from what we've seen, cast the most incredible two new additions that we've seen for a couple of years. Cause the last few years casting on summer house has taken a deep dive. Remember that one dude that they brought on Chris or something last year with a big smile. And he was like, he was so annoying. I, I struggled with him. Like he had no game. It was annoying. So West is one of the new guys. I talked about him a little last week. When I tell you, I love Westling. His name is Westling. Okay. It's not West. It's Westling. When I tell you, I love West. His mom is an OBGYN and his dad is a cattle rancher or something like I can't, something on cattle. Love him. Love him. Um, he is so funny. I love a guy like him. He's like a little self-deprecating. He doesn't, he doesn't have too much of an ego. He's down for a good time. He's fun. He's funny. He's light. He's bright. He's not like a he doesn't come off in any like arrogant way. He seems funny. I love the, I just want to laugh, right? This is summer. It's supposed to be fun. So then we have another new guy. Uh-oh, Jesse Solomon. I was like, what's his name? I wanted to say Aaron, Jesse Solomon. Jesse Solomon, what we know about him is that he's very tall. He's good looking. He's Jewish. We know that because he talked about his bar mitzvah. And we found out last night that he's a two-time cancer survivor, whoa, that is a huge part of a story. Like, I love that about him. It makes him so much more, you know, um, layered. He also has an incredible singing voice. Although I do find it's a little weird that like he'll be getting ready in his room and there's a robo cam and he's like, oh, that's lot. Like, it's, it's like a little much. Like, does he want to be Frank Sinatra? It, it just comes out out of nowhere. It's a little bit random. Um, it's very like, you know, dapper, dapper singing, but it was interesting, you know. I'll have to say it was interesting. Now, last weekend, we saw that the summer house was getting along swimmingly. 
no pun intended, they have a pool, get it? Fourth of July, they were parting their faces off. They were having the best time. And then this weekend, of course, Carl and Lindsay are joining the party, which could be a little bit challenging because the dynamic in the house is going so well. And Carl and Lindsay just do not bring happy vibes. They just don't. I'm sorry. They don't bring happy vibes. At the end of last, at the beginning of the episode, we kind of wrap up 4th of July. It seems like everyone's having a good time, except Amanda. So Amanda and Paige had a conversation earlier where Paige kind of relayed to Amanda that Kyle was concerned about Amanda. Okay. Well, let me just finish this. So Amanda wakes up or goes to bed that night early. Kyle goes to bed a little bit later because Kyle's the kind of guy that never wants to say goodnight to a party. Kyle will party until 7 a.m. if people allow him to, right? Like he's always the last guy awake, eating food, hanging out and talking to himself, whether it's in the kitchen, in the bar, like that's the guy Kyle is. Amanda is not that way, obviously. She's like, she's more of a page. She she likes to party. She likes to have fun, but she wants to be in bed at 9 a.m., 9 p.m., like washing her face. She lays in bed and goes to bed. He wakes up in the morning and he immediately gets her wrath. She wakes up and she's like, I want to go home. He's like, what? Why? What's going on? I just want to leave. And you know what? If you're not ready to leave, I'm going to go in the car with someone else. I mean, Amanda woke up ready to fight. And if you guys know what that's like, I don't think I've really had this kind of situation. I feel like maybe this is more a situation where men wake up where they're like in trouble. When your wife, bye Ray, when your wife or when you're a husband or whatever, and you wake up after a party night and you realize like, oh, they're not happy with me. You know that feeling of dread. You're like, oh shit, how do we get through this? She wants to go home immediately. Um, he finally decides to like, you know, move on. They go downstairs. Kyle looks so depressed when he first walks down into that breakfast. He's like, hey guys, what's going on? I guess Amanda's in a bad mood. And Amanda goes to Paige and she starts to cry. She's like, I can't handle this. He he talks so much crap about me, this and that. Here's what I'm going to say about this. Amanda and Kyle, while they do love each other and I think they have a great relationship in certain respects, she cannot say out loud that he talks so much crap about her without acknowledging that that's all she does about him. Like, it's not like she admires Kyle to everyone and talks about how amazing he is. And she's like, oh, Kyle, he's like such a wonderful, incredible inspiration of a husband. She talks shit about him from morning till night. So it's a little bit of a double standard that she's like, I can't believe that he would say anything bad about me. So he, uh, he, so he goes to, um, they go home eventually. Everyone goes home. And we see them. I like when we see them back in New York, by the way. Do you guys like that? I like getting like a day or two of them back in New York. So we know that Amanda and Kyle go out to dinner. And she orders a glass of rosé and he says, I'm just drinking sparkling water. I want to be clear for this conversation. I was wondering where they were eating because it was so windy and it was a little distracting. His mullet was flying. They order a little bit of oysters. They're sitting there and they're talking. This is a conversation that they've had since the beginning of the show. And this is the problem. He mentions that he is concerned because he feels like all the weight of their relationship is on him, all the logistics. He probably is the kind of guy that has to pay all the bills, deal with all of the, you know, 
plumbing issues or things going wrong in the house. Make sure that they have the groceries in the house. Make sure that this is done. Make sure all the accountants are paid. I mean, he says it straight up like I am overwhelmed and you're not pulling your weight. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I do not know who wants to be married to someone like an Amanda, if that's the case. If you are someone and I am someone that is an incredible like doer, I am a doer, I'm a goer, I'm a, I work my ass off, right? So does Lance. It works. If I was married to someone, and of course it's a little weird because I'm the woman, he's the man, and I, I guess there is a little bit of a, maybe a double standard here. You guys tell me. But it's very, very hard to be married to someone who wants to, like, do nothing. That's going to be tough. That's going to, and that's not going to change, by the way. That's not going to change because I have a lot of friends who are in marriages now 12, 15 years, and it's still their number one fight where their husbands are like, you don't have a job. You're taking care of the kids all day. I go to work. I come home. Why is it on me to have to figure out dinner? Like, why is it on me to have to worry about like cleaning up the house and doing the, like, why, why do I have to do it all? Now I'm not saying taking care of kids is not hard, but at least they have kids to take care of. Like Amanda has two dogs. So it does feel like she's just kind of laying around and doing nothing and watching TV, which to me is not necessarily the best move. Um, and, and not necessarily the most, um, intriguing part of a marriage. I would not want to be married to that. I also get a weird vibe. And you guys, this is totally me hypothesizing and speculating. But we've heard this before in the past. So I think that that's why I'm thinking this way. And you guys tell me if I if you don't agree. I believe that Amanda really does struggle with depression. She has talked about this in the past. So I don't feel like I'm out of bounds here. I think she still does. I think she's not a self-starter type of person. She's not someone that wakes up early, goes to work out, gets the most part of the day. Like that usually a lot of times, if you don't have a purpose and you don't have a career and you don't have like a work ethic and you don't have kids today, sometimes it feels like you're just kind of like Blasville, like purposeless, you know? And that would, that is what would concern me about her. Anyway, Kyle is very, very well able to, he's, very easily able to communicate that. And I thought that was really nice. And he said, I'm not worried about you being a mom. I think you'd be a great mom. I'm just worried about all the logistics. Like I bet Kyle's like, am I going to be the person that's going to have to worry about, you know, scheduling every doctor's appointment? Like it's, it's a pain in the ass, right? It's a pain in the ass. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see where they, they go. Their relationship just does not feel safe or healthy to me. Okay. Carl and Lindsay have a conversation on the basketball court. Okay. Lindsay comes there as Carl's biggest fan. Woohoo, Carl, you're doing amazing. Carl just see, oh God, I don't want to be mean. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Carl is tough for me. Lindsay's tough for me. But in this moment, we're seeing the unfolding of the impending engagement break off. And what everyone knows and what the stories that, that have been told are that Carl blindsided Lindsay broke up with her, ended the engagement on camera after production, had no idea it was coming, et cetera, et cetera. However, now we're seeing all the up until, this is literally like Scandal, right? We knew it was going to end some way. Now we're watching how it got there. 
I was thinking Carl is probably like, you know, the dick here. Not that I don't think Lindsay has this ability, but Lindsay looked bad, bad, bad in yesterday's episode. Not looked physically, but like came off really bad. So she's talking to Carl about, you know, wedding planning and that she just wants to have a good summer. Okay. So this is their kind of way that they're coming into the house, but they come into the house and they immediately bring an awkward energy. You can tell all the guys are coming like West and um, Jesse Solomon. Everyone's like, yeah, party. You know, when Paige walks in, Paige, everyone's going to the front door. When Lindsay and Carl come in, they're like, hey, welcome. Like, thanks. Lindsay immediately has an uncomfortable situation. She's her against the girls. She knows that her and Danielle are not super tight yet. And um, and she just comes in feeling a little on edge, defensive. And I think she starts drinking heavily because of that. Because I do think she ends up getting very drunk. Now, we um we see we see them having dinner, getting ready for dinner. Um, she's already annoyed about the room she gets which is just a bad vibe, right? She's already annoyed about the room she gets. Then she's like sarcastic, happy vibes, happy vibes. I can see West is uncomfortable. He feels in the middle of it. Bring your own fan. This is what we've decided. You have to bring your own fan if you go to Summer House. You know, I honestly am Kathy Hilton when it comes to my sleep. I need to, if I don't have a fan at a place, I'm so effed. Like I really do actually think I am very reliant on a fan when I sleep. But if I don't have a fan, I need a loud sound machine. I need air blowing on me in some capacity. I need my um, earplugs, eye mask, and mouth guard. Okay? I sleep with accessories. I would be the worst on Summer House. Like, if you saw me on Summer House, you'd be so embarrassed that you were my friend. Because I would come all, I'd come in hot. I'd be like Jeremy and his CPAP machine, except I don't have a But Lance has a CPAP machine. So imagine what we look like in bed. I would like someone to come in and take a picture of us tonight when we're sleeping. Lance with the CPAP and me with my 5,000 sleep accessories. Morgan, Morgan Wade, are you available to come in tonight? Take a picture? Okay. So Lindsay's already pissed off. They're drinking. They're eating their food. They're going around talking about things that they don't know about each other. We didn't hear everyone's. We heard Jesse talk about his cancer and we heard Wes say that he's been to 50 states. I love him so much. Then we see them getting ready to go out. And at this point, where are the cameras? We have two Ubers and there's no cameras in these cars. In fact, there's no camera. Oh, there was like a camera at the club, but I don't think it was an official camera. I think it was just like cell phone footage. It's late at night. They go out clubbing. Apparently, according to Kyle and um, Jesse Solomon's stories, but we don't actually know what's going on. Um, Lindsay and Carl are in the backseat of the car and the other guys are in the car. The girls are in another car. Lindsay turns to Carl and says something along the lines of this is going to be a big deal because I'm with the guys. They're going to turn this against me. This is Lindsay's account of the conversation. Carl then looks at her and says, you're making a big deal out of it. Don't stress. That's Carl's way of saying what he said. Lindsay gets this close into Carl's face apparently and says, what are you on? You look like you're on something. Now, we know Carl is three years sober. Sober, sober. Okay? I don't even think he does like California sober. I think he used to maybe, but no no longer. So she's insinuating that he's on drugs. They go to the club. Lindsay's pissed off. I guess she told Amanda, I think he's on cocaine. She ends up taking Gabby home. Poor Gabby, right? She and Gabby are in the kitchen snacking and 
cameras are everywhere in this house, right? It's all robo cams. We don't have any live cameras, but it's all robo cams. You know that you're being filmed 24 seven in the summer house. And she's talking to Gabby hammered and she's basically saying, Oh, I, I think there was actually one real camera in there, but she's like, I am so sad. He was being so mean to me. He, I think he was on cocaine and she was hammered. We all know she was hammered, right? She was slurring. She wasn't walking super straight. She was definitely drunk. She then ends up getting into bed with in Gabby's room. She's hysterical over it. What's wrong with him? Why isn't he home? Gabby calls him. He picks up the phone very clearly, very like together, says, we're on our way home. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Are you guys okay? Okay, great. Then Lindsay gets a text message from Carl. She's drunk. She's reading it. He's saying, I'm not, I'm sober. You're not. Or he says, I'm sober right now. You're not. And he's like, let's have a conversation. And he even said this, perhaps, perhaps we have a conversation about this in the morning when you've had a good night's sleep. I mean, he's totally handling this better than a lot of other men would. Because I think a lot of other men would say like, F you. But he's staying calm, cool, and collected. And he knows. He's like, I don't want to tell her, you know, that you're too drunk to have this conversation. But he's like, I'm sober. You're not. She passes out. Next morning, she comes into the room. He's sleeping alone, obviously. And she brings him water. I think she wakes him up with water. He's like, I don't want water right now, but thanks. Wow. Why wouldn't you even say thank you? He goes, I just said thanks. Then she starts going after him. You were so mean to me last night. We're going to have the worst weekend. I should just, we should just leave now. Carl's like, I'm trying to explain to you that I'm sorry that you felt that I was being mean to you. Uh, You're sorry I felt that way? No, you should be sorry for being mean to me, but I wasn't mean to you. But I'm sorry that you felt that way, but I wasn't mean to you. Oh my God, I can't believe you're not even acknowledging my experience. It was like hair pulling annoying. He goes, what the F? You're telling me that you think I'm on cocaine? I'm three years sober. Now, of course, we have Amanda in her talking head saying, not only is it so bad to say that someone is on drugs, but to know that you're about to marry someone that's doing that? Wow. I'm thinking, Amanda, didn't you find out Kyle was cheating on you before your marriage? Marriage? You still walk down the aisle. Are, are you the best person to have this conversation, Amanda? Like, mm. Obviously, we're seeing the beginning of the things that are falling apart between Carl and Lindsay, and I'm loving every damn second of it. But Lindsay does sabotage her relationships, like August says. She does. Remember the sandwiches. How many sandwiches have you made for me? Anyway. Um, coming up in the news, the cast of Summer House has sued Bravo for not providing a fan, according to Mark Ward. Um, the Bravo community has uh, banded together under the guise of Bethany Frankel, McSweeney, and Frankel, McSweeney, and Glanville. Um, and they are coming together and they are suing Bravo for not providing. Actually, they're suing the Hamptons. Actually, they're suing America. They're suing everyone. They're suing you. Okay. They're suing you for not providing. Oh my gosh. That reminds me. On my Instagram story, I asked, Who are you suing? Who are you suing in, you know, like as a joke, basically? I'm going to post the, all the answers on my stories later. These are some of the fun ones. Oh, I got so many. Dorit stylist for her look at the reunion. You for posting Bethany. I don't want to say this, but it's about Earring Gate. Um, 
wish I could sue my ex for wasting 29 years of my life to be with my best friend. Aw. Um, Larsa, hands down. She's intolerable. The store. Whoa, that's. Oh, the store that sold Bethany Frankel that bad popcorn because her her chewing is disgusting. I'm suing Miami Housewives for damage to my ears for every time they fight. Um, Brandy and Julie, because I'm legit tired of them hearing bash them bash Jeff Lewis. Uh, you for being so nice. I like that. Andy Cohen for making me forget French reality TV and watch Real Housewives. This is someone that's in Paris. Sandoval because of his cake magazine spread. I can't even look at cake the same. My friend who's a friend of my friend's, my son's friend's dad says, God, I'm suing God. I signed up for the easy breezy plan, but I totally got swindled. Um, MJ for voting for, oh, I'm going to get into traders, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, Tom Sandoval because this was fun last year, but he's exhausting now. Uh, hold on. Let me uh, see any more. Kyle Richards, Face Reality 16, says Kyle Richards for keeping her separation storyline a secret for most of the season. Uh, everybody, because I'm tired. That's Vanderpod recap, says everybody, because I'm tired, because this girl has to listen to so many freaking Vanderpump podcasts. Um, Carl and Lindsay for saying babe every two seconds. And then, of course, I have to end on this one. There's so many more, but... Uh, Mark says, you for invading my privacy for asking this question. Oh my gosh, so good. Okay, let's move on. One At one hour, I'm talking about traders. You guys, if you don't want to hear about traders, this is the time to bow out. We're talking about traders. Traders was great. It's such an incredible show. It's so good, right? So we start the episode at the end of the banishment or at the end of the round table. And when I tell you, I thought editing was bad or like slow on shows like Days of Our Lives, right? You know, where they see you have one conversation that lasts about four months on TV and, uh, you know, they look at each other and then the other one looks at each other and then they look at each other. This was the longest moments in history of America was getting to MJ turning over her, her, uh, chalkboard. Did you guys not feel the same? We were like, get to it. So sure enough, he votes. I'm going to say it. Last call. Last call for alcohol. If you want to leave, this is your moment. She votes out Peter. So now Peter, the bachelor is gone. Everyone is so devastated. Not everyone, but John and Trishel are def- just devastated. And sure enough, Peter says, I'm a faithful and Phaedra is safe one more time. But obviously we know that they're coming after Phaedra because now she's been on the chopping block three times since Dan threw her name out there. Dan ruined it for her, by the way. So Dan had put her name out and then she was, you know, nominated every single week after that. She's having a conversation with Sheree, with Sandra, with everyone kind of after. And you know, she's bummed. She feels like CT went against her, but she's like, I'm just tired. Now she and Sheree, she by Sheree, she and Sheree had a, such an emotional, sweet conversation. They've known each other 30 years. And Phaedra has to lie to her. Phaedra has to lie to Sheree. Sheree's like, girl, just tell me, are you a traitor? Because everyone's going around saying it has to be Phaedra. With all of the evidence we re- we heard from Trishel and with everyone else, there it doesn't make any sense. It can't be anyone else. It can't be Sandra. It can't be anyone. It has to be Phaedra. And sure enough, like Kate is trying so hard to be like, maybe it's Sandra. Maybe it's, 
But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, MJ shockingly is really smart in the show and she's intuitive. And she's like, I think it has to be Phaedra. So sure enough, um, you know, they're all kind of gunning for Phaedra at this moment. And Sheree's like, tell me, just tell me, are you or not? Because if you stay in this, in this game until the end, we can't win anyway. Like, I need to know here. And she, and Phaedra straight up was like, no, I'm faithful. That sucked. I felt so bad because it's like so unfortunate when you're put in a situation where you have to lie to, you know, lie about yourself to your friend of 30 years. Like, what's more important? I almost wish she said to Sh Sheree, like, between us, I am a traitor. But if I stay to the end, I'll give you some money. Like, there should have been something like that. They had a challenge that like one of these stupid physical challenges that annoy me, but last night's actually made me laugh my ass off. I, okay. Basically a long story short, they had to get gold from like a big pile of dirt and take it across these blocks on a lake that were held together by rope that were obviously moving around in this lake to this platform where they put it on a scale to win 30,000. I'm not trying to be rude here, but the women that are left are for the most part non super not super athletic. Okay. I think Trishelle is the only one that I would consider super athletic. We've got MJ, we've got Sandra, we've got Kate, we've got Phaedra, and we've got Sheree. These are women that are in like their 40s and 50s who are no offense, I'm 42, but it's it's just I don't feel although I hear that MJ goes to F45 all the time, but I don't feel like those are the most, you know, um nimble, right? Okay. Watching these women and CT jump across these blockades, like jump across these blockades and just fall and just fall and just fall. I was laughing my ass off. So was Alan Cumming. It was so entertaining. Go back and watch the show to see MJ gearing up to go on that run. And then she gets it one time, but at, before she's like falling on her ass. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. Kate Chastain was able to pull it off. Trishel was able to pull it off. Um, CT was able to pull it off, which I was kind of surprised because there was a moment there where I was like, is he, is he, able to. It was so funny to watch these women try to jump across. And I was thinking like, would I be able to, but I feel like I, I feel like I can, it's like all about, well, it's balance. I, <laughs> the best is when Sheree falls, get, okay. Phaedra goes in, falls on her ass, gets in the water. Sheree goes. And as Sheree's going, Phaedra goes, it's all about balance. And Alan Cumming turns around and he goes, that's rich coming from something like that's rich coming from Phaedra saying it's all about balance. Like it was so funny. So he, uh, they end up making a little bit money and MJ gets the shield guys. I think MJ may win this game. I think between, I think it may be MJ or CT and I'll explain why. So now we're back at the castle. Everyone's dressed again in the same exact outfit. It's very confusing to me. Some of their hair looked different. So I did think they had to get back into their clothes. And they're all just kind of scheming and talking about who it is, who it is, who it is. And of course, they decide this is going to go towards Phaedra. And at this point, they're sitting around the round table and they're trying to banish or they're going around. And this was a moment where Phaedra kind of just said, my hands are in the air. Like, what am I going to do here? Who can I even throw under the bus? I'm not going to throw under Sheree. I'm not going to throw under, you know, whatever. Did 
who voted CT? Maybe sure. Maybe uh, Phaedra did. I think Phaedra voted CT because she was like, I'm a girl's girl. So I'm just going to go for the only guy. CT and Phaedra have such a thing for each other. I don't know if it's a friendship or more, but CT goes, I know this is the opposite of who you are in real life. I have to vote you out. Meaning like you're not a traitor. And they looked at each other with these smiles. Man, they're so cute. Oh, I forgot to tell you guys earlier that John got banished. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> John got murdered. In the morning at breakfast, the best story was John got, we knew it was going to be John or Trishel. So John ended up getting murdered. And um, CT's like, how old do you think John is? And MJ says the most LA MJ comment. She's like, I don't think he's that old. I just don't think they get Botox in England. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. So funny. So now because Kate was really standing up for Phaedra and throwing other people under the bus. Sandra is starting to question, is Kate next? Here's my guess. If I could just guess, I think Kate murders, because tonight she has to murder someone, right? I think she's going to murder. Oh, she would be smart if she murdered Sandra. That's who I would murder. But maybe she murders Sandra or Trishel. Right. So then it's like CT and MJ and Kate and Sheree. I think CT may win. CT or MJ may win this. I'm curious to know. But I just think, oh my God, Steffi K says MJ wins from being under the radar, but good in for good instincts and good instincts, just not good taste in clothing. Oh my gosh. No shit. MJ needs a stylist bad on that show. It's real bad. I probably in real life too. Um, Love the traders, enjoying that show tremendously. Um, but I'm sad Phaedra is gone. But we have one more episode, right? It's got to just be the finale. Anyway, I'll die if Sheree wins it all. But can you imagine after all of this, Sheree Whitfield wins the traders? Um, Brianna, thank you so much for the super sticker. Says unpopular opinion. CT wins as a trader. Maybe a little, maybe not. As a trader. Oh, is Kate, does Kate bring another trader on? Is that what you're saying? Are you supposed to bring another trader on? I thought she just was going to murder someone. Huh. Laura says 12 episodes total, so two more. Okay, because last night was episode 10. Yeah, I guess that does make sense that there will be two more. All I want to do is watch CT and Phaedra together. I just do. I love those two together so much. Almost as much as I love you guys. Almost. I... Adore you all, dosers. What a week here in doser land. What an incredible week to be alive in the Bravo sphere between the Brandy and the Leah and the Rachel and the Jacks. It's just so good. It's so good. And um, I mean, it's bad for some, Andy Cohen probably, but it's good for us. And that's really all that matters. This is a good for us. I love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing, like Aisha says, amazing weekend. And I will see you on Monday. Bye.